Big up Massive and crew. It is yours truly, Nico Rebel, massive. alongside my Don, my brother, my friend. Yes, Echo Slim. Wagwan. Yeah, man, people. it's the Echo Rebel experience. Yep. And may I tell you, we've been trying to get this guest in studio for about three years now. Again, should I say? In yeah, studio man. again. The, co- the, the country won't let him leave. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of thing that, man? What's going, man <laughs> What's going on, man? We yeah. have the great, the critically and world acclaimed and just one of the most talented songwriters I've, we've ever worked with. Yeah. We have the great Atta Khan in the building. Atta Khan. <laughs> and the great ad-libber. One of the greatest ad-libs. You know, so Clan, what's going on? What's good? Good man, good vibes. Happy to be here, you know. Um, nice to see you guys. Yo, Nico, big up yourself. Man. Big up you, big up me. I tell you, man, it's a joy because we've been doing some work via WhatsApp, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, yeah, man. Oh, man, you guys get more done on WhatsApp than people can get done in a room. It's great. Uh, it's true, yo. Important <laughs> there, important there. Yeah, but man. it's always such a joy to work with um, artists of your caliber at a clan because. You're coming with like an idea of what you already want and what you already know. So yo, give the people a little bit of history. Like how the, how did Ataclan come into being an artist? You know, locking yeah. down the Caribbean and all these things. Um, I mean, I think it was like natural, natural process. I grew up in a village in Trinidad in the Mova Lavantel area called Chinapu. Yeah. Right. So. My, my mom had me like when I was really, when she was really young. So my, I ended up with my grandma who was obviously more, more able to, to take care of a baby, you know? But I think I grew up between a lot of talented people. Like my grandma, her husband, my granddad, he, he was a, he is a, and still is a shoemaker. They making shoes like from the late sixties, you know, um, so leather craft. So, it have days, I have memories, like early memories at like probably three, four years old, being in a, in a, in a shoe, in almost like, like a craft studio then, where men working on shoes and having memories of smells of glue and dye, and, and they would put like, cut out some leather and put me in a corner to play, you know? And um, so, like, I remember things like, uh, even like textiles, like a piece of wood that they would always put their old glue on. That was like my plasticine as a child, you know? Um, next door was a, a Baptist church. So, you know, weekends is a lot of drumming and singing. And then mm-hmm. obliquely opposite now was a, a Shango Pali, another church, you know? So I was in a kind of rich triangle in my village. And, and I remember like a lot of Rasta men and used to come and vibes my grandfather away and they building shoes and talk certain levels, you know, it kind of, as years go along, you realize, all right, I'm getting one education in college about history and Columbus and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then the Rasta men and them would have a different, you know, perspective and smoke the weed and say, yo, you know, like, you know, so-and-so, the education, it have another education. So from early, my eyes were sort of open to, not, you know, to, to analyzing stuff, analyzing what you learn and also being open enough to, to understand it, have a greater, another education, a hidden, a hidden education, you know? Like Lawrence say, you know, miseducation, education, and then yeah. you had to look for the real education, so, and, and, and your whole balance, you know? So, 
I was lucky and blessed to, to come up in a, in a village that sort of facilitated a sort of mental, a mental um, unveiling, stripping off of the, of the, of the brainwash that you get in, in, your, in your formal education, to say. That was the start, basically. That's deep, man. It's funny because we just had a um, conversation. I wish that we could, people could hear what we were talking about. Um, when the mics are off, it's just with the way you were breaking down. I was like, "Wow, man, this is crazy!" Like, why, why do we have to dig deep for the truth? It seems every time, you know, and 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 it's like the lie is always promoted. The lie is what mm -hmm. we're taught in the school, not just in the Caribbean, but just everywhere. You know why? I mean, we know why, but yeah. how is this being accepted from us when? You know, we I mean, find, you know, as a community, like, I don't, I, I just don't get it. I think, I mean, you see, I believe, you know, you think about, about, about life and media and stuff, you, you, you see who controls the, the, the finances, they get to write the narrative, you know what I mean? Right. So, like, for instance, you know, who gets to, to, to reap? the mineral resources and set up the financial structure will write the narrative. Mm -hmm. um, for our people and native people to be dependent on oral tradition to right. for one narrative to go from one generation to the next. Right. And there have been interruptions in that. You know, people get put in different areas and diasporas and, and um in terms of structure and systems. Systems have been interrupted, structures have been broken down, um, leaders who are going to develop other structures have been assassinated. Um, so you find it has always been difficult, always be, to always if, start over. We've been yeah. people that been been start over forever. Over, yeah. Start over, yeah. you know? So some people, they will blame their own race if they don't have enough information you know like our perception was always so like lazy and whatnot but when you really check the true history you know genius wise and education and mathematics and you know and, and science you know so like even in terms of everything is coming out now because of social media you're going to right. research you know you're going to see where like even in the caribbean where like uh, where, where the rules and the constitution and terms of for, for buying land, a certain race buying and owning land. Right. It was tampered with, you know, interfered with. So even in I think up okay, here, you know, um have some history of that. So um captured land, man. Yeah. This whole iconic <laughs> like so, thing, man. Yeah man and so like there's so much, you know, but coming back to your question, Nico, is is obviously a, a an agenda. You know, yeah. um, to for you to look away from the truth. So you find, like in history, culture, culture has always been on a on, on a priority in terms of the agenda to destroy it. Because true culture is where the is where the history is handed down. If you can't depend on the mm. books and the curriculum, right? If you don't find the original scrolls, which they're hiding anyway, right? Right? You had, you had to depend on the the actual oral tradition and what has escaped. Remember the band drum and all. We could have talked. We could have. Trump, I could have talked to you miles away with a drum. <laughs> <laughs> the Caribbean, the band, that shit, right? right? And 
but there's a reconnection happening through music you know and i feel this saw it as important to, to, to control that too so you have now a sort of a separation like a split in 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 who controls the narrative right who they bring up in the narrative to look as the men who run in the narrative right and then had the men who uh like to me call them like the guards of the true narrative right the defenders are the real narrative so right and it's not a war because everything will have a balance everything belong everything have a place mm -hmm. but you know sometimes like but they may feel it it is a war yeah those people yeah 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 i mean they live in fear you know they know yeah. the truth they see the truth and realize well hey we had a kind of you know if we do we, we had a kind of create the smoke and mirror and make right. sure you know and um the thing is we are uh, we are very open we are vibrational people we are frequency kind of people so we are yeah. open and accepting you know? we we live we were born and we were bred from love mm -hmm. so you know many times that love does turn around and be the same thing that does make us get trapped you know what i mean so mm -hmm. we we is our kind of tooth and nail kind of thing where like Alright, we still have to live with love because we come from that. Mm -hmm. That's our natural energy. We are happy, fun, loving, loving people. Right. But you know, there's another side where now you have to protect that love, you know, and still be kind of reasonable. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think a lot of youths is a is a is a kind of difficult um balancing because then you now we have a whole you have a whole sort of in influx of programming coming at you to kind of not even for you to recognize them vibration you mm -hmm. know and, and you, you tell yourself well, all right the success ladder is this because they even create that for you so oh, you yeah. start to watch this now and you start to watch the things where the other the, the, the defenders are the are the are the are the real vibration like no that is not successful but success is perspective yeah it's, it's a perspective so. you know I think so. and um i think some of the greatest artists in the world is kind of they, they understand is about service mm -hmm. and if you're not connected to to something right the, the writers of the narrative will have you all over the place yeah but when they realize you are connected to something right that is ancestral right expect <laughs> expect her off right you know what yeah. i mean yeah you know Rebo so <laughs> So yeah, um, I want to kind of go a little bit further with that. Ancestors well, got your back. Yeah, but more I'll go mm -hmm. a little bit further in that. So, uh, elaborate more on that roots and that connection to you know knowing what you're about as an artist because that in this generation, this society, I feel is very important. As many artists, they're really swaying as the wind yeah whichever direction is the hype or yeah. that i got bust them mm -hmm. them i got do that you know what i mean so as an independent creative because do you have a label at a clan yeah man no no like a label behind you no i've remained independent exactly. I, I started my i started my label in 1998 yeah like independent mm -hmm. creative and you have held true 
mm-hmm. to this to the to, to to you. You get what I'm saying? It's just like what you say, as yeah, being man. an artist, right. you have to know your roots them. But if you don't know your roots them, as soon as a man say, Yo, go tattoo your eyeball, my youth, yeah. or go shoot a blue movie, my youth, yeah. or, you know? You don't know what yeah. it's going to be for you to bust. Yeah. But you never take that route. So no. I wanna explore a little bit of that because so you have your adversities to face as and well. And you had it um you had that available to you. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. So it, people, it a couple yeah. times that labels come knocking, you know. Especially mm. I had meetings in, in in Manhattan. And um I remember the f- one of the first ones by the brother, I mean to be tr- to be truthful and honest, while while the meeting going on, my best friend on my left on the and the agent on the right who organize, who send out the demos and thing. And they're saying, yeah, man, we can sign you, do, 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 do. Your name songs like a group, boom, boom, boom. We could take a couple years off your age, boom, boom. We send you down um, LA to work with this guy who's working with the top rapper, blah, 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 blah. And while the man talking in front of me, he's like, I feel something rubbing up and down my leg, which means he played footsie under the table and watching me dead in my eye like hell. <laughs> my God. You know, so. That was the right. That's crazy. <laughs> Crazy. And then I'm gonna pull back my foot. So yo, hold on the people when I think say it's a joke. Yeah. No no joke that. Them 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 no no attack line. That's why I, I, yeah. I, you know? You know, I mean everybody each to their own, you know. Um I no judgment, but that's just not my speed, you know. And I so I pulled back my leg a couple of times and just watch him and I boom. Realize it. It's not a mistake. And I reach foot forward again and boom. I feel it. <laughs> so I was just you know, and I understand that all the labels connected. So one man could just give up and say, well, that yeah. So I basically give up and tell the brother, yo, my name important to me and honesty in, in, in the, um, the way I, I don't have to lie about it. I don't have to take you know, a couple of years off from the age. And, um, and it's years ago. And I really appreciate the consideration. He shook his hand and said, but you know, I, I don't think I could be taking that route, you know? Real calm, real cool, collected. And I tell my, my agent and my bridge, yo, play real. <laughs> so, um, but then you look around and see certain men get signed up and right up and you just wonder what, you know? They did. You know what? Yeah, you just had to, and I'm not everybody, but you just had to get thanks to, you know, your upbringing and stuff because money was never important. I remember, you know, being raised by my grandma and she had like some surgeries and lost her job and I was never used to sit down a hustler since I was small in school and things like selling oils and you know um, I remember one time uh, talking about from like age 14 there's this like whole thing called county council in Paul of Spain they sweep the streets about 3 till 5 in the morning so I am going to college and after carnival I have like clean up what has gone and I, I, I was working on a, I was too young to work, but there was this drug addict who registered to work. And I work under his name, right? And I collect the check. So the job was to sweep the streets. So I have school, same one. Like I, I, I did this for a few years where like, my route was route 17, up Frederick Street, across Park, Long Island, Cumbri, meet back in Woodford Square at five. And then your hand back your brooms. I was so so young and so skinny that first time I tried to push the broom frontward in the um, in the in the drain to sweep the rubbish, uh, I couldn't push it. But I was too small, and we can the old man in the street, 
the, the next drain on the next side of the street, like, yo, turn over the brooms. When you turn the broom the wrong way, now you're pushing the garbage easier. <laughs> I never forget that. And I also never forget, like, I used to have, I was wearing hats since I was small, you know. Um, so I had on this sort of mouth and gay hat. And I remember seeing, like, friends from school coming up after party and kind of, like, pulling off my hat over my eyes. And, Sleeping, turning my face, sleeping. Oh, so, yeah. so I, I always, and to me, these things created a certain level of um, urgency and discipline. Um, I grew up very, like my grandmother, she used to make craft. So I remember her making clothes out of cotton, and I would paint. So I was always drawing and paint. I would paint flowers and clothes. I used a, a brand called Fun God. I remember it used to make my face sick from it because it had a pungent scent and um, things like craft like plaster Paris craft like do a plaster Paris mold and make dogs and animals and paint them and sell them in the eastern market on Charlotte Street in Port of Spain so my thing was like I was going to college and we used to make juice as well like bottle juice and sell on the streets so I would my thing like I had some days where I sweep the streets in the morning go to school but you know, by that, by lunchtime, I bepping and knocking out in school, waking <laughs> up. Can't wait for school to finish. Take the bus, come down the road, drop out in, 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 in tongue to help my grandma sell, you know, juice and stuff. So there are times like we finish when the craft market closed, we take the cooler and go up food up on Charlotte Street and, and, and sell juice. So th- those days when, you know, you're going to school with your peers and you, you had them kind of days. It's how you're serious. It's how you're like, all right, you're hustling. And I, I used to make hats and sell hats. So it was every, it was every kind of hustle to kind of help out. You know. So I guess I developed um, some discipline of that. And then she used to have me in things like some weekends and go and do karate, go go and do first aid. So she, she never allowed me to have because of the area. I remember we grew up in a rough area. So like. Yes, you could go and play and thing and yeah, your friends, but also include yourself in positive activities. So from karate to boy scouts to first aid to and then hustling, you know. So I started writing. I think I was I started writing. I used to see things traveling home like one of my first experience where traveling from Mover to Port of Spain. I used to see this uh statue of Christopher Columbus. <laughs> and he has the, the most well kept fence painted and grass green and you know cut lawn and stuff and then just in the middle of that is an empty space where the homeless used to stay where people would go and feed them and then the next lot is the roman catholic cathedral so and i had to take my taxi to go home every evening there if i'm not taking bus right so reading history and then listening to the men and them home reasoning and stuff i i realized okay but look at how african people of african diaspora here suffering in the middle and then there's a church roman catholic church there and then there's christopher columbus well kept there something wrong you know and that led me to to write a poem i I started writing poems uh, called naked walk at age 15 which became my first video video song and that like, you know, apart from having some party hits when I grew up, when the, on that particular album, when I did that song, there was a balance where, you know, I think people realized, okay, this youth thinking, he 
you know, he, he it, it's not the average jam and wine, you hmm. know, um, let's drink rum and we live in a post-colonial construct. So it is to, for me to sing, you know, every year over and over, hey, raise your hand, jock your waist there. It, yeah. You know, you could freestyle that shit, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not nothing scientific about that. Um, so to me, it's a, it's a dishonesty if I was just to go that road alone. Yes, I do party songs, but you're fine if you already listen to my party songs. Something is always encoded. You know, some Pan-Africanism is encoded, right? And then when you listen to other socio-political songs that just outright gain your midnight rubber, right? Then, you know, in a way, it's also encoded, but it's with a little more dread, right? It, to me, you gain the, the truth and the reality of what Trinidad is. It is, you know, which is another discussion, but the Midnight Rubber now is one of the things that cross the Middle Passage. One of the, is the Jolly Man, the Storyteller, the Midnight Rubber, the Pero, right? You find the Pero is the one who sort of learn everything about English language and use it back to confuse and manipulate the throne. So he's like the jester, he's like the clown, he's like the one who will go in the house and, and, um, and, 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 and sit down and entertain the colonizers, but with a greater plan of really tricking them, right? So this is where the double entourage sort of come from in our culture. These are the folk cultures, that the folk characters that survive the Middle Passage. And then there's the Midnight Robber who just don't care. He's like the spirit of the ancestors. He's like the man who does this talk straight. Like he's one who would come with fear, tell you, hey, I know what you're doing, you know? And that's the first rubber in the, the first rap. I, I credit that character as the first rapper in the world. And I think his experience, you now we're talking on a level of ancestry here and spirit, right? That the survival of that oral tradition across the Middle Passage landed in the Caribbean islands and mostly so Jamaica and Trinidad, you know? And um, I think if you analyze even hip hop, there is, there is a, a connection and there has to be a reason why most of the, 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 the hip-hop artists that revolutionized hip-hop in the 90s and even now, if you check their parentage or you check their, their birthplace, it's, it's either Jamaica or Trinidad, right? From Biggie having a Jamaican mom yeah. to... Special Ed, KRS One, KRS One, yeah, um, so Buster Rhymes, Guru, so many um, men. You know, Chip Fu from Bushnickens with his speed rapping yeah. and backward rapping, Trinidad yeah. and again, right. um, Nicki Minaj, right. um, Foxy Brown, um, Drake. Um, <laughs> I'm just playing. One of them, Cardi B. Yeah, it is by no coincidence, bitch. You know, this is the the connection of the Midnight Rubber through the Middle Passage that, that was um, preserved in these Caribbean islands, mainly Jamaica and Trinidad. So, yeah, yeah, there, there is, and there's a, there's a power that comes with it, you know? So, these are the things that we have to look into as a generation, as a young generation to figure, because your, your root could be stolen from you and sold back to you as a dry leaf. Yeah. So that you lost, you know. Um, but it are certain men who kind of understand the importance of their service because, again, 
the African ways about community and everybody must, you know, lift each other up, lift come together. Each other up, so it's a service. Yeah. But for some reason, the marketing of of what entertainment became, right? That service was reversed. It's all Selfish about me. me. You worship me. I make as much money. I show off on you. Yeah. You know, um, and then live where you live in your same community, but you're gonna get robbed. You know, um, we jack you. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting you say <laughs> yeah. that too, because yeah. if you look at like hip hop and even just music in general, um, early on, there was a lot more groups. So they had more of a we mentality. Yeah. And now there's so many more solo artists. It's yeah. like, or people that they come in in groups, but that mm-hmm. that's just a platform for them to go do their solo thing. They're they're mm-hmm. they're they're ready to. They're already planning their solo career outside mm-hmm. of the group. So it's interesting right you say that. Up. Yeah. Yeah, man. So like, even you're right. I wanted to get into like things that they use in slavery that they see still exist. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like things like them chains and in the market or the skin. Yeah. You know. Um, Things like them, the, the pants sagging, you know, like right. in Jamaica and Trinidad had benching, benching plantations where they, they straighten you out if you don't, you know, if you don't comply. These things have residue. You're seeing the residue, you know, in, in, in the generation, but they don't understand the history of the vibration, you know. So, like, mm. yeah, and it's like almost as if you had a compassion for somebody who, who does in understand certain levels, you know, because they will take things. They have a way. They have a way, they have a, they have a sixth sense of humor where it does actually take some of the, the dreadest things that happened to to us, mm-hmm. you know, and, and repackage it and, and actually promote it inside of our so-called culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for to, to keep it's amazing, you know, and that conversation could go on for a long time. But yeah. I don't wanna kinda you know, Nick, you understand where I'm coming from, Nico? No, 150%. And actually, I think these are things that we need to be able to link back as independent artists and yeah. hold firm upon them thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, we have to, yeah. especially as independents, because yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's one thing you have your record label or whatever, and you may be scared to lose that, or mm. certain people are scared to lose sponsorship or um, any endorsements and things like that. Mm. But it's like, Someone like you, who's like you said, there's certain people who are defenders yeah, man. of the culture, and mm. they're not gonna be swayed by a bag of gold or yeah. or whatever it is. And I look at you along the lines like yourself, not even just musicians, like just, just all artists, any kind of orators. Mm-hmm. I look at someone from Trinidad as well, like um, Stokely Carmichael. Yeah, man. And just certain people like that, that 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 you could see the certain powers are just trying to silence these mm-hmm. people from. Uniting, yeah, our, 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 the community with love, like you say, that that, that yeah. that's where people love. That that's where I we have, come from. You know, happy to bring that up. You know? Yeah, because like I mean, I mean, it's it's so much you could say, and you gotta find the right way to say it. Say it. Because you don't want yeah. to be misled, and you don't want, um, you know, it, it, you can't preach. We live in different times, so we had to be very... And people don't want to hear all that preaching sometimes. Yeah, you know? you had to, to be very, um, you know, some some things are a little more complicated. Right, right. Black, white, and gray. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, <laughs> At least you had the gray. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. 50, all 57 shades. <laughs> it probably made more. <laughs> <laughs> Great boys, man. Great boys. <laughs> 
So like, yo, <laughs> but, what, 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 what are some of the things that you would suggest to a young artist coming up then? But hold on, we go get to that, right, brother? Okay, we are going to get to that. Remember, now, yeah. remember now he, he raised a thing with um, Stokely Carmichael, mm-hmm. right? Um, Kwame Ture. Kwame Ture, yeah. Uh, I mean, this, his brother left Trinidad and came up here and was fighting for, you know, a people, mm-hmm. you know? And meanwhile, growing up in Trinidad, I didn't even know that about 30 something people were, were, were banned from Trinidad, right? So I get to realize that, you know, our first prime minister banned two of his own books, which opened the mind of a lot of revolutionaries around the world. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And that then one ban- book, what's that one book he wrote? He's pretty much was the one that said, was, um, mm-hmm. um, Capitalism, capitalism was built off the backs of slavery, pretty right. much. So that, that book was Capitalism to Slavery, slavery. or Capitalism and Slavery. Right? And Slavery, right. And then it had another book called, um, I think, Columbus de Castro. Wow. Right? Right. So my thing is, like, I, did, I don't know, like, we were just talking about oil, you know? And, yeah. Um, mentioned to you that, okay, the, the full set of refinery and ref, refinery for oil was... 1846, right? Right. And then Trinidad started producing and refining oil in 11 years after, let's say, 1857. Mm -hmm. And um, so we producing oil, maybe more oil longer than Dubai. But look at Trinidad, the state of Trinidad. Yo, Jamaica was rich, Trinidad was rich. Right, the Caribbean and yeah. Caribbean is rich. Yeah, it, 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 it's sitting on minerals, just like how Africa is, you know. Right. So the thing is now, boom, we have oil, and then this government come into power back then and get in in 1956, and by 1962, we were negotiating our independence. And my question now is like, okay, so then what was the condition of our Independence, if it is that we produce so much oil over all these years, over like, you know, um, and look at the state of our country and the economy, right? And look at the state of the people because technically, you know, mineral wealth belongs to the people, it belongs to people, yeah. right? So, yeah. what was the conditions of these first leaders? And then, when you when you when you start to learn the history, now you realize, all right, the man banned the first two books. But we, we basically still call him the father of the nation. And we can't, I can't judge because I didn't know what he had to had deal to with. Through, you know yeah. what I mean? So obviously, this brother had us to, you know, balance certain things, right? But there was but, a switch somewhere, you seen, in mm-hmm. within his life. Yeah. Where it's like, okay. You know? I mean, and yeah. we could go into different details, but yeah. it's not, I don't think, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. this is, but I'm trying to get out overall. Give it, yeah, yeah, please. You yeah. know, just a summary of, right. you know, so like, boom. Stokely Carmichael. Then you right. had like um, this brother, Michael X, who is Abdul Malik, would I be over in England? Okay. Right? Right. All these brothers, and then had his sister who studied Notting Hill and his other brother who died the other day. Yeah. So you have a whole heap of them who was a standing up for, for the people. Right. And I want to know, well, okay, how come all of them get banned? Why were they banned? Yeah. Why were they banned? And they were exposing so, the culture and, right, worldwide. Right. Yeah. So, right. So, and yeah, they. The start of Notting Hill Carnival. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> right? So, like, so my thing is like, okay, if they ban, then what were the conditions of my island independence then? 
Right. So back in 1995 now, a different prime minister was there in charge of the country and whatnot, and he lifted the ban. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And and then Stokely had to come home mm-hmm. the first time in X amount of years. Mm-hmm. I actually performed for him. I was honored to perform for him. Oh, and actually, sick. I remember it was spectacular for him. My and I actually man. took took the uh, took the opportunity to ask him while standing next to me. Say, yo, my generation never never get the opportunity to hear you say black power. And I know you coined the phrase and put your hand up. Um, could you do us the honor? And I remember he took he took my my right hand with his left hand and he put up his right hand and he said black power black power wow. black power three times in a spectacular yes. forum right and there are pictures of that and funny enough like for like over it's over 20 years now i've been asking that photographer for those photos and, and he's still you know, up to now wow. you know so like and putting that aside yo, boy photographer <laughs> yo man <laughs> Yeah, my mom, he's a great one too, but yeah. sometimes you don't know what's the reasons behind certain things, right? Yeah, right. I know, like, even in Jamaica, you all still trying to get um, Marcus Garvey... Uh, exonerated, right? Exonerated, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, it have a lot of stuff that's still... And these are the things that has, has weird me out where, like, we have so much... We have youths now who have so much of independent media, so much of following, so much of this and so much of that. And it's like the eyes closed, the, the, the yeah. soul sleeping, the, you know what I mean? But and I'm still not judging them. It's, it's not their fault because they come up now being brainwashed and being led away from the center of self, you know? Right. Um, and if you're led away from the center of self, there's no way you could hear them ancestors and I'm talking to you. Yeah. You know, so... And then again, it's about service. So if it's not even service, it's just all about me and me getting blings and me showing up. Then it's it, selfish, bro. Yeah, that, that that road only leads you to certain places where one day you had to take stock. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm glad that you talk about Kwame because it's still have our work to be done. I agree. And our generation, the past generation in the 70s, and our parents, they they did so much. And I know that generation who in the 60s and 70s now, they hurting a lot because it come like we just not, you know, we, we, not we, but as others talking in plural, this generation, they not appreciating what happened and what, what they stood for and what they died for. Mm. You know what I mean? What they sacrificed everything for. For them, you for now, I mean? yeah. And um, yeah, and you, you become a target if you get two. So we had to learn ways of actually encoding we talk we used to talk our own languages we it's like yo hip-hop was a language behind a language you know oh yeah you know and then it just became a language you know yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. and and for caribbean artists we still we still hold a, a a very important connection because that was the belt right there you know and um to to, to the vibration so in terms of that whole heap of politics where I know Michael, Michael X, mm-hmm. when them brothers, it was a whole, it had, it had a whole movement going on in origin. Because even with the Beatles, right? When you, when you read the know. stories about the six Beatles. Let them know. Right? Yeah. It was a Trinidadian brother was an ex-Calypsonian and and, and he taught a couple of them chords and used to have them rehearsing and training 
and gain gigs for them and actually was the road manager at one time. But when the youth and them bust now because of, you know, the fact the brother was, you know, African. Yeah. You know, or No man, we never hear that one yeah. Yeah. Look it up, brother. Pull it up on it's on it's everything early and information. You know, too, I remember we talked yeah. about this. We never uh, know that one there. Yeah, because mm. who did they say was the fifth Beatle again? What was their man? I keep I, I'm not a Beatles. Mm. Um I can't I can't remember. I'm not a hey. Beatles um, Pull up on the internet, Richard. but the sixth six Beatle, Beatle, I remember you told me about that. Yeah. And you know too that was around mm. what, forties, right? Fifties, so you know too if he was there, I just I just this is my assumption because I just feel Kitchener was in the room there somewhere too because I know Kitchener was in well, the UK around those times right, too. So let me let me go down the culture. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. There was a point in which, no, you with me, Nico? Loud and clear, yeah, hanging out to every so, word right now. <laughs> in terms of the recording industry, Trinidad and Jamaica have offered the world a lot, you know. Of um, course, Jamaica is obviously. You know, the inventor of the song system, straight up. Mm-hmm. They, they, the song system is that. And certain oratory and, and cultural traditions and spitting, right? Mm-hmm. Trinidad now have pan. Because when they ban drum, right? Trinidad, you know, we, we, it, had, it had rebellions that they, didn't, they don't talk about. Like it have in the 30s, then it have after the Second World War in the 50s, where fighters come back home for defending these people now. I mean, they come back home, you know, in in, in in the colony, you know, certain people treating them less than human still. I just fight a war for you, you know? So, um, it had some turbulence there too. And in the 70s, we had what we call the Black Power Movement, and it was riot again. And then in the 90s, we come and we had a coup in Trinidad. So, it's like every 20 years, the thing does bubble over. You know, where people is feeling like, all right, this is our oppression going on here, and it just happened. So I think in terms of media, pe- the intelligent people have the little boards set up to kind of keep things, keep, keep your programming, you know, keep your people programming, you know, um, to yeah. keep your docile, keep you like blind. Keep it white. Yeah. Keep white, man. Let's drink all your alcohol you could, man. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> you know? Um, so... It had an amazing movement, you know. Um, I remember I started researching and realized when coming up in primary school as a little child, I used to be hearing about Abdul Malik, Abdul Malik. And to me, the story I get is like he was a madman living in the bush and killed somebody, and then the police come and lock him up and kill him, whoever, and hang him in jail, you know. Until one day, you know, you had to connect the dots. Yeah. One day, you now, I watching a movie called. Um, the bank job. Yo, that's something really, yeah. Why not? <laughs> and, and I started to connect some dots now where, you know, in the start of the movie, you see a man taking some pictures, mm-hmm. and they didn't see who he was taking pictures of, right? And I get to find out in my research in Trinidad where he was taking pictures and what it was. And then now I get to find out what the real role of Michael X or Abdul Malik was. Abdul Malik was another Trinidadian, just like Stokely Carmichael now, who went up there as a youth and you know he didn't have much jobs and things. And mm-hmm. even, he was a hustler, right? So and when when they were trying to prevent African people from a Caribbean of the Caribbean descent 
um, populating Africa, like, no, sorry, populating London. Right. You know, driving up the rents. Some people was getting beat, beaten up and mm-hmm. run out of London and whatnot and whatnot. And in 1955, a certain princess came to Tobago, right? Mm. And I still had to be politically correct, Nico, because I put people on blast, right? <laughs> and, 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 let me just say, let me just say, I remember the royal family come to Tobago and I think they had some, they had some fun, you know? Oh, gosh. Some, some real fun, you know, like some different kind of fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> And somebody take pictures through the window. And Abdul Malik ended up with these pictures somehow. So that was his leverage. When certain building owners now chasing people out and raising the jack in the rent up high, high, high. Mm-hmm. This brother used to go on gangster young. <laughs> and if he had to get too hard, thumb from here and he tugs on it, you know, yo, keep your rent down, bam, bam, bam. Basically, he was populating London, helping to populate London with Caribbeans and Caribbean people, right? So and he was, um, he was like the Black Godfather almost. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this brother obviously, when the bank robbery, when the when the robbery at the Baker Street Bank happened, right? It went haywire where the, the bank robbers ended up with the pictures. So this brother didn't have any coverage, like he had also come home now, right? He talks looking for the bank robbers. If you watch the movie, right? And 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 the British intelligence looking for the bank robbers. So I grew up seeing pictures of the Beatles and my Prime Minister, with the former, well, former Prime Minister, you know, in pictures. But then doing research now, I get to realize John Lennon is the man who used to pay the man lawyer fee and lawyer fee and bail him out of jail in Virginia. So same same guy? Yo, John Lennon, yeah, is, you, John Lennon is the truth. There's man. a reason why they assassinated the brother. John Lennon oh, yeah. is the truth, oh, yeah. man. You understand? Yeah. The man was paying the bail money and, and, and paying lawyer fees for this brother, for these brothers. The brother was, was investing in, 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 in freedom. Yeah. Right? So it wasn't just about a song imagining. Yeah. Right? So when I, when I started getting research, I said, whoa. And then now, remember, the six Beatles. So it was always a connection with Trinidad. And let me tell you another thing, brother. You see, Trinidad, Trinidad is a very special place. From my research and knowledge from growing up, Trinidad was a church of the Latin America. So people used to come from all, like, like native people used to come from all Orinoco River and bring, there's a certain mountain in Trinidad where they used to come and give um, worship and, and um, sacrifice in the sense of gifts, you know, to, to, to have good to have rain and all of that kind of stuff and good soil. So Trinidad was always that kind of church, you know, before the whole colonial time then. You know, and then if we talk in culture now, when we talk in record industry, Calypso was one of the biggest music. There was a in, point in that Calypso world. was 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 pop or mainstream. Yeah, yeah Maya yeah. Angelou, yeah, yeah, Powell, even um, Harry Belafonte. Do, Harry Belafonte, Harry that, Belafonte. The, the biggest, the first platinum selling artist, I think, with, 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 with Calypso. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Echo. Yeah, I watched right. Breakfast Club. <laughs> so, 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 all right. So, Calypso music, right? Yeah. Those songs written by Lord Melody, right? Was the first platinum selling record in America, right? Mm. What about Europe? Right. Europe too, you know. There's an artist called Winifred Atterwell. Mm-hmm. 
that was the first platinum selling record in Europe. So not only Trinidad had the first platinum selling record in America, but a Trinidadian had the first platinum selling record in Europe and Britain. Mm. The information is all there. You know, so that's some history for you. And then even on the Jamaican side, there's a whole heap of history going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, yo, and you know, you know, Nico, like, in Calypso used to play, you know, more uptown and the hotel. It was always a kind of, yeah. it was always yeah. a kind of, um, uh, a, a, a tourist music on your side. Yeah. There was yeah. one day, I got this story from David Rudder. You know, like, men like Kitchener and them used to play for the royal family every Saturday. Right. There's a band, there was a, there's a band back in those days, a Caribbean band, mm-hmm. where they had the Saturday gig in the Buck- in Buckingham Palace. Mm-hmm. There was this Calypsoonian by the name of Terra. Yeah. Now, the way I got this story, I know Roder wouldn't mind. There was one time Roder was telling us this story. And he said, Uncle Crazy, which is another Calypsoonian, yeah. couldn't make it to a gig in Antigua. Uh, he went in place, you know, and um, it wasn't a big gig, it was boom. It was a fever, boom. And smaller money, but you know, Caribbean thing. And the man picked him up, promoter, you know, sort of eccentric, eccentric kind of guy. And he's a lawyer. And he ended up getting this story from the man. And the story goes like this. The Mighty Terror, who's another guy I, I grew up seeing playing checkers and things on Duke Street and Port of Spain. Always deck. These old Calypsonians always had on a suit and tie. Yeah. Even on the, on the dumb days, they yeah, were dressing, yeah. felt, you name it, felt hat, socks, Max and Spencer, you, them brothers was different. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the story goes, um, and Calypsonians was real bad men too, you know. Oh yeah. You know, oh, you know, oh, yeah. didn't ramp, you know what I mean? So the story goes, um, gig, the bass player and the background singer, boyfriend and girlfriend, right? The bass player was a Jamaican, right? And, and um, the, the lead singer was terror. He was flirting with the girlfriend so much <laughs> that he came a fight with um, the bass player and it was a real big fight. Mm-hmm. And that is how the laws he started the gig. But Calypso was everywhere, mm-hmm. you know? And I got that story from Roddy. They have stories that we do, <laughs> we do here and we don't know because, you know, the gen- that generation before, which is like Kitchen and them generation, they, they, they dying out and yeah. there's no documentation, right? And that is another way they, they, the other side control the narrative. Because yeah, what exactly you said, it was just orally passed down generation yeah, to man. generation. Right. So, yeah, man. So, so that is why now I will take this opportunity to kind of, you know, give all some real big respect for what they're doing now with this, because even this, you know, is is, is, is a part of the handing right. down of the oral tradition right, right, and right. the securing of, right. of of the vibration and the information that, that matters. You know? yeah. Yeah. And you this too. is why we have to document our own history, like they always say, because. You know, they're, they're, we, we've seen it throughout history. The, the the powers that be colonial or whatever, they're whitewashing everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're, I, I always make the joke, like, in the next, like, 50 to 100 years, 
they're going to Photoshop James Brown and they're going to say James Brown is white, the father of soul. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they're going to say Eminem was the, the, the founder of hip-hop. You know what I mean? And if mm-hmm. we don't, you know, document these things ourselves, mm-hmm. this is how it, it's going to play. History will repeat itself, you know? So mm-hmm. I think it's important for people like you to keep doing what you're doing. And it's like you said, you performing for Stokely, it's almost like Stokely handed you the baton and now you running with it and you are, are now a defender of the culture, which you've been for a while, but I feel like, especially in Trinidad and, and, any, and anywhere, there's a lot of artists, like you say, that's getting caught up and just the party scene and mm. just, they're not really putting out music of substance. Maybe it is to them and their world, but it's mm-hmm. like, like me and Nico talked about it the other day. Uh, the other day, it's like when you look back at certain artists' catalog as they get older, mm-hmm. is yeah. that a catalog you would be proud of, or you could present oh, to your children right. or children? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's important to keep doing. You know, not everyone's gonna get it. As youths, we come up. Yeah, okay, we get caught up in certain things. We're youths, but like it comes a point where you have to have some sort of balance at least. Yeah, I feel it was so bad back in the nineties where. You could have seen the invent of the the advent of, of cable and stuff. Yeah, where oh gosh. it had such a it had such a like a, a terrible effect on, on Caribbean. Caribbean, yeah, BT um, and all yeah, that. Man, yeah, man. it was bad, man. Yeah. It was super bad because like I never knew how to sing or, or, or do what I do in another accent. You know, I I was just yeah, you know, orating from small. So when it was time to, to, to go to the studios, I mean, I already performing and, and, and heating up the place and doing my call and response and, and jamming. So people started to say, oh, you need to get recorded and whatnot and whatnot. I remember like at least the first three to four studios I went to audition with producers. So yeah, yeah, yeah song nice, but um, you don't sing no hip hop or, <laughs> you know, dance hall, you know? Yeah. It's Try like dilute your thing right away. Right. It's, yeah, it's almost as if like the sense of self and and um so it was weird, you know. And I was like, so why are they singing on an accent to to, to to tell my story? Right. You know what I mean? Uh, and it had other young people in Trinidad who felt as if they couldn't they couldn't if you know like their perception of being an entertainer was either like a hip hop or singing. R&B, they, they couldn't, it's almost as if like they couldn't imagine singing in their own accent, like actually being contemporary in their own Trinidadian accent. So a lot of big stars you now from Trinidad were actually dancehall artists first, you know, and singing yeah. the different accent. It, it, not, not, nothing against Jamaica Nico. You know, I see what you do, but yeah, yeah. we <laughs> <laughs> just have to listen right now, but we do our interject soon, but wait, we are listen. So, there was, it's almost as if like, okay, there's some sort of agenda for the youth not to, to examine self. Because from the time you start to examine self, mm-hmm. you start to ask questions. You know, like, mm-hmm. What's going on with the money? What's going on with the oil money? What's right. going on with what, what going on with the land? What's going on with... It's all connected. Right, Bridget. Yeah. So it's not just... All right. So And then I've seen different layers of that going on. So I started to realize even things like quota for local airplay and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it still do exist in Trinidad, right? Mm-hmm. Even things like legislation to protect the business of music. Yeah. It still do exist in Trinidad. Music businesses are businesses as any other business if you're bringing in cars or you're bringing in furniture and stuff. It have legislation set up. And when the, because the law is in place, right. the business 
could only but sustain and expand. Right. And it's the same thing with music business. If it is the laws and legislation in place, like the other day they asked me to come and, and, and lecture in UTT to some young artist something. And you know, apparently like I have this this I have this sort of rebel sort of imagery in certain people head who who's setting up the thing and like you know like you could see them nervous but <laughs> yeah, yeah but like, yo all right so but, like that's something too that i would love to talk about and mm-hmm. let people I always try and spread that people generally use rebel in a negative connotation mm-hmm. but yeah. being a rebel you don't have to be negative it's no just, it's just truthful man exactly yeah, and it's, it's just honest. defying the norm but, so if that make them nervous maji for real is not I want to make it known for the independents. Yo, don't yeah. question yourself. Yeah. Them need to start questioning themselves. Agreed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I get to realize some experience in a post-colonial construct where if you go against the grid, some people do have the strength to, to, to go against the grid. So they know they will ah. have to function within the system. Right. Now, in every revolution, you need people in the system and out of the system. Some people as feel soldiers. Some people as you know, right. some people are to cook the food and poison the enemy. Right. You know what I mean? That work in the kitchen. So the thing is now, um, yeah, man, jaw works, boom bang. <laughs> uh, true, yeah, talks yeah, the true ancestors. Let's <laughs> call her the Ben Clouds. Yeah. The, the spirit of every slave that was hung and murdered. They, they live in the sky and they torture the south. You know, and they break down the house and them too. And already, we go talk that talk now. Um, we talked about that. You know, we call yeah. them all the time, and you see they come out as we start to talk about them. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Ben that's Cloud, man. The sky. Some hurricanes coming. That's how a midnight robber is. That's how a midnight robber is born. When a when a black queen carrying a fetus and she under oppression, or she 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 she, she the fear come up, the fear of death come up on yeah. a stormy night. His ancestors just protect protect her, man, and that child has come out as midnight robber. You know what I mean? Yeah, have some scripts all, in my mind all, and for all that's listening <laughs> the, there's we're in South Florida so you guys know that the lightning storms are ridiculous mm-hmm. here oh yeah so, it's hurricane uh, season w- 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 when Ataklan is talking about that we just had a huge lightning surge yeah. the lights went out in yeah, the man. studio and it came back up within a millisecond and mm-hmm. yo it's just real what he's saying the powers man the powers man mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. um yeah and it's hurricane season so you know uh, there's always mm-hmm. that theory that the whole transatlantic slave yes yeah, they, in terms of Real. the hurricanes always forming on western africa and Real. coming, and coming yeah, across yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah until so. the day reparation for the wrong right right because right. it's not right for right. the wrong right comes right what you never see <laughs> you know what i mean and they know it you know yeah this is why you know every time like you see reggae I always had the perception like, okay, they had to keep the eye on what we're saying. Yeah. Right? Europe had to keep the eye on what we're saying. And there's even attraction from a generation who know and they, their education teach them the real history. And they know what their forefathers did. So there's an attraction to when artists singing the truth. Mm-hmm. You understand? They're like, yeah, yeah they, they can't help but praise the truth. Right? So I don't want to get sidelined too much in terms of where we were, you made a, a relevant point in terms of people who work in, in the system because I was going to tell you about the little lecture I did where um, 
I had to mention to the youths on them. You know, because people who working with the system now in a post-colonial construct, you're doing what you had to do. You're doing what you had to do to survive, right? And when you start to talk the truth, they almost watch you as if like you're an enemy, but you're not. You know, you just had to maintain certain vibration. So in Trinidad now, it have a masterclass. And I'm basically telling the youth, well, all right. You know, everybody asking the question, well, how to get you, how to get you, how to, how we, how we could become successful. And I'm saying to them, I can't sit here on a panel with about five people, right? There are two elder producers here who in this thing about 30, 40 years. And then it had a couple of you two working in the soca with the, the top soca artists, right? And I was like, you know, I can't sit here and pretend that you're not going to face some problems because the very people who set up this course, right, they gain free money from the, the government to set up this course for <laughs> this you. Course. <laughs> yeah. For you now to, to, to advance with, in technical skills and whatnot and whatnot. But what they're not telling you is that there's a wall that you're going to meet. Because if it is, you know, the government spending money for you to, to basically advance in music and advance as engineers and advance as this, then where is the legislation protecting the business that you're going to enter? Where is the legislation that's going to protect the business after you pay and take a loan for a studio and take a loan for visual equipment and camera and whatnot? There's no legislation protecting you. There's no business of music in Trinidad because they refuse to diversify the economy from just oil. And as you know, they just sell the oil, come the oil refinery, Correct. right? So it's a whole, you know, it's a whole mind, mind, mind game going on. And I had to be honest to the youths and them and let them know that like, sometimes the very people who are the contractors set up your masterclass understand that there's no law protecting the business that you're going in. So before this masterclass was supposed to be set up, what they need to do is hire three, four top shot lawyers to work on changing the legislation that will protect and, inf and facilitate the growth of our music industry in Trinidad. Until then, even what you're doing here wouldn't make no sense because these people just making money off of you and they know that you're going to hit a wall. Mm. You know, and everybody just like, you know, watch me like, whoa, did he just say that? And then the youths now come and basically, um, they were so appreciative and everything I say was like a round of applause because at least somebody coming and gave them the truth. So, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I might be invited back to talk, but at least I give the truth to the youth and them. You see it, you see it. Well, it's important for really give the truth and tell people what it is because mm -hmm. I feel like, yo, nowadays nobody is being truthful and honest mm -hmm. with, with, with what's happening out there, you know? Mm -hmm. Everybody is selling the facade that, yeah, man, you're just going to the music industry and two tools, you got boss, and when you're boss, you can go buy 20 gold chain and things. So <laughs> I think that realness that you yeah. approach it with and share that knowledge with is essential to the upcoming generation you know yeah. what i mean but, so mm -hmm. make we hear something about some new projects brother what is going before, on before here? before i go into that i must i must your government have been investing nicely in in in, in your in your culture oh no Jamaica, for sure, yeah, i'll give them enough sure. props too you know um yard is a nice example of it, it's it's tough still but 
Jamaica is a nice example of the, the government kind of understanding and the importance of, of culture and, and yeah, and, well, remember and, that's how them number one exporting cultural industry, you know. Yeah, but remember, said that is their number one export, you know. Yeah, man. So they have to go approach it with that same, you know, yeah, yeah, thing like sugarcane or anything, anything agricultural that they would export as well. Yes, yeah, so you you were asking about present projects. Yeah, man. Well, I've been I've been working on, you know, a lot of music, been dropping singles over the years. It's been a while since I dropped an album, and people been just asking, yo, album, you know. And the industry has been changing social media-wise, digitally, and, you know, so, of course, you know, um, I've been recording a lot of new tracks, and right now, presently, uh, we, we must in our album right here, you know, Nico Rebel song. Yeah, man, know, Rebel Culture up. Studios, the lab yeah. mastering room. Yeah, man. Mad yeah, man. thing in a so, It's a good timing. Um, this... You know, it's such a weird thing when people ask me, so what projects are you working on now? Because in, in my mind, I, I, I just constantly doing the work. You know, like I've been like doing the work, doing the work, doing the work, doing the work, you know? So, um, I'm doing the work. You know, the work continues, you know? Every, the, the work is, is an ongoing project. And out of that, you'll find time and getting document. So right now we'd be documenting a time frame where a new album coming out soon and then probably after Carnival we could drop another live album, which is the reggae album. That's you know, crazy. live album. Yeah, it should have mm. been dropped. I'd tell you you should have dropped that. I have about five albums rest down too. So yeah, you know what I mean? So we just just cleaning up some things and, you know, recording some new songs and mastering some things and yeah man. You got you got some um some big artist features on that reggae album from what I heard. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, man. Um, I, 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 I it's crazy, man, because your history is amazing. I, I, a lot. Some people, some people may not even know those that are, are, are up to you. Like you have some of the biggest songs in Trinidad history. Yeah. I like you know? I like um one day I think on Twitter Bungie actually talk about one of these songs and he put it, you know, quite nicely where he said, um, I have a song called Flood where, you know, it plays like for the past 20 years, like straight, you know, um, not 20, but 19. Yeah, this year I would have recorded Flood in late 98. So when they posted it up and he was like, when we did the duet in 2015, he was like, yo, this is the most or biggest um, song, non-festival, meaning non-carnival song out of Trinidad so I have some songs that are so uh, deep in the in the Trinidadian psyche where mm-hmm. you know um, I mean and I give thanks for that too because to be so young and and and, and write some because we never play Nico funny enough in Trinidad like just just up to like late 90s um, outside of Carnival like when Carnival Monday and Tuesday ends and it's Ash Wednesday the next day. Mm-hmm. All soca, all calypso, all local culture stopping you know? up. Jeez. <laughs> it was like it was hilarious, Bridget. I like, used to go to, to the nightclub and like as Ash Wednesday done. That is it. You're not uni in R and B hip hop dancehall. Dancehall. Right? Great. You never hear it. So when I drop my and the thing is, 
and that was the framework. So there was in, in the 70s, we had like in the 60s and 70s, we had like, um, you know, we had Andre Tank and Nappy Myers. We had, we had like a, we had a contemporary expression. They were like, man, we used to drop love song and blah, 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 blah. But in, when the early 90s come around and cable and all them things started, for some reason it had a breakdown in, you know, the whole culture where like people actually didn't believe what they could do. You, you never seen a, a love song from a Trinidadian drop in the middle of the year. So the generation before, it had like a, a miscommunication where mm -hmm. they, they were, we had pop artists, we had all sort of, we had a whole energy bubbling. And some way along the line in the 80s, coming up to the 90s, it was like, mm -hmm. all right, you could do Soka and Calypso and then nothing else. Mm -hmm. And as actually Wednesday come, nothing. So my generation now, it was weird. So my, my first album, which was Atanomical, to me, like it broke down those walls for my generation in the sense that my songs were playing outside a carnival, like boom. You know what I mean? Like it was in the, it was playing alongside the dance hall in 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 in, in, in Trinidad clubs in in summer in you know. So it had a really big impact in the country. You know, um, I didn't do it first. I didn't, but I think in my generation in the 90s, it happened with with the Atomical album. And then the next year, I drop another album and it happened again. So I think I understood something, you know? And um, it's, it's such a, a great pleasure now to see. We had to give thanks for the good things where Calypso and Soka is being played year round, not only in Trinidad, but mm -hmm. in different places. It starts to leak out now. Yeah. You know, you had to big up the men and they will keep on pushing. Right. Pushing. You know? Yeah, it's beautiful. And it's like Carnival is literally a year-round thing now because it's in mm -hmm. every country or, or state or city they yeah. have the, you know, the and festival. There's, and there's even a mixing that is happening where the sound and the rhythm and the beat where oh, the Jamaicans and yeah. Trinidadians actually starting to actually write some of the same rhythms right. where you have a, a, almost a dance hall Bigger Beanie Man. Bigger Beanie song. Man. Yeah, 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 every time. And those guys, vibes mm -hmm. too, yeah. No, that's wicked, man. But uh, yeah, man, it's yo. This was this was deep, man. I'm glad it it went where it went because these kind of conversations, I think artists need to hear these conversations and they need mm -hmm. to hear the history behind why you are on a microphone right now and you're performing and you're making money off of this craft because sort mm -hmm. of sacrifices that people made for you to get where you are. And if you're gonna sing about you know nonsense or whatever, man, that's cool. Just at least understand wh why you are on this platform, you know, because there's artists such as yourself and so many others that you know made the sacrifices so you guys can be independent right now and getting all this money, you know what I mean? So yeah, well, I mean yeah. everybody had to do what everybody had to do. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. my thing is I don't know one other youth went through when he was coming up. Oh no, man. you don't know where who get coughed in the head too hard or who right. get locked in a room too long or who yeah. mother wasn't cooking every day. Right. These is a whole heap of different psychology and psycholo psychological effects running up and down there. So you never know right. why you're carrying on the inside, why he might react a certain way when he get famous or if he's trying to get famous for what reason and when you get some paper like, yo, F off, rah, rah, rah. But, mm -hmm. So I don't judge them. Right. You know, um, I just look at it as unfortunate and, or, but it also necessary. 
because if they're mute and, and I had to pray for them and hope that they come back to self. Right. You know, and and, and utilize the money in a in a in a good way. Mm-hmm. Or um you had to also you had to also like, you know, not judge them but but put out more stuff that because even this stuff, even they had to hold on to something. So most of them guys and them who running down trends, which is just a changing thing, it like a, it like it like the ocean, it's like some waves. Yeah. They had to hold on to something, you know? and I don't think they could hold on to each other right now. Mm-hmm. They had to look. They had because they human too. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that never fails is the human is the human condition, bitch. Mm-hmm. Right? We it is a mold, right? It, you cannot, you know, it it, it, it it's been there thousands of years and centuries you you can't change the human condition or the mold it's like you're just a human there's five emotions or whatever mm-hmm. there's things that you're gonna go through whether you're rich or not right the decision is for you to be honest and true to self you know what i mean and if and if i mean looking like a lizard is your true self and then me can't judge you <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah i mean if, 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 you like design, if you like design and things no but there's really there's really lizards out there man what, what do mm-hmm. they call it um the reptiles man <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. That's think right, of all man. the aliens out there I, I think as a writer <laughs> i think as a writer finding the resolution yeah. is the most important thing and we have to be careful also not to be too angry yeah. You know, not to carry the anger. Because that's you not know? us. It's not us. It's not us. Because yeah. it could cloud you from mm-hmm. from from finding, or it could cloud you from, or it could make you too toxic because things spiritual out here too, you know, sometimes the most beautiful mentally comes from ethereal or come from ancestor, or, mm-hmm. you know, and you too, you too, you too up in your ego, or too, too, too toxic or too busy to kind of humble yourself and hear it, mm-hmm. right? So like, you think about it, so that's why I just say like you really can't judge where every everything and everybody had the space. But you gotta stay clear because you looking now for the for the inspiration to it's not yours. Music is it doesn't belong to us. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we do music is not for us anyway. Mm-hmm. The real purpose then. I yeah. believe people I believe God make the God make music for, for people to, to come together, to make mm-hmm. friends, to you know, because no man can really do a wicked track by himself. Mm-hmm. Technology trying to make you believe is is not so. Yeah. But trust me, you cannot. It's like, and they make it where the industry now, like you could, you, you believe you could do that. Mm-hmm. But um, if your passion is mastering, right, and you work and you sacrifice, boom, 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 you buy the equipment, blah, blah, blah. When your passion is guitar, and you learning that, you know. Since you're small, mm-hmm. I care if my true passion is is, is to be creative or to, or to bring a song that could uplift, right? It have no way I could be in my own ego and say, well, all right, I I gonna do this, I gonna play guitar, drop, boom, 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 mm-hmm. this whole track and write this move, right? And that's what even the days of Motown have on this generation, mm-hmm. because they used to pull in the best at the craft. Mm-hmm. Right, pull it together and understand it was a kind of community thing. And the, the, the goal is to get the best song for the upliftment to go out. So it's all about your intention. And as I always say to young artists, your most powerful thing in art is, you know, your intention. Your intention is what going on, a pure intention is what's going to lead and open up the doors and the cosmos for you to reach where you to reach. Because it starts with a pure intention, right? 
And then you had to do the work, the physical work around that pure intention or to make sure because to make sure it could come to fruition. Right? So it starts with a pure intention. And unfortunately in the world, not everybody have a, a good intention or a pure intention. So it, it, but the unpure intention, the result of the unpure intentions will still guide some youth to what the pure intention is. So everything have a space, you know? Yeah. Nico, you're quiet. No nah, man, because I feel like that's the best way for end this podcast. The yeah, echo regular experience is just intentions. Yes, All man. Intentions. Yeah, man. Yeah, intentions man. have to be pure, brother. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, man. Big so, up yourself, Ataklan. Yeah, man. It's Enough echo rebel experience. Know? Been yeah, beautiful. Yeah, man. You got any social medias you want to plug or yeah, where man, can they you find could, you? You could follow me. As a matter of fact, you could keep in touch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Ataklan, A T A K L A N, you know, A T A K L A N. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, LinkedIn, you name it. Everything is A T A K L A N, Ataklan. One word. Sick, sick. Look out for the music coming out, new music. Go ahead. Yeah, man, expect a new album. We're yeah. trying to get, we're getting it ready right now, and as soon as we could get everything up and running, boom, it will yeah. be on all digital platforms alright and this is the Echo Rebel Experience thanks again for tuning in to the Echo Rebel Experience do remember to please subscribe and review yeah man as we say subscribe review sub 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 tell a friend for tell a friend you just listened to the Echo Rebel Experience thank you guys so much Echo Slim Nico Rebel Nico Rebel Echo Slim you can catch us on Podcast Stitcher Podbean Podbay Google Play and everywhere else that you get your podcast fix we out